0: being scorer. Now it's kind of you now i pride
1: myself of the a team just kind of be a playmaker, you know, find new ways to get the team involved. and it may not always be scoring. On that thing today just really trusting my teammates and they did a hell of a job.
2: Donovan Mitchell on his team's play. Not seeing the rim anymore. It's like it's a new level PK. It's like everything he said made me think he's going to say I'm at a new level now, but really no player should say that out loud. They should just let
3: the rest of us figure it out. I figured it out, man. I figured it out two weeks ago.
2: And it looks spot on. 30 points on 10 of 14 shooting. And it's not the 57, but when you're back at 57 up with 30, that's a a pretty good number right there. And he had the eight assists, and a lot of times – the way they're playing now, you draw the double team and you make a pass, but they're going to, you know, swing, swing, and all that stuff we hear. So the guy you throw it to isn't the guy who's making the hoop, but you still are the one who put the defense in the scramble and created the open mm, shot.
3: Break it down,
2: Sniggy. I can and tell he you you're feeling warm right now. And he deserves more credit for that. <laughs> but if you want to nitpick, what – What still needs to improve, PK? It wasn't perfect. It's never perfect. Quinn's going to see something on film or in the stat sheet or whatever. I got one thing. Go
3: ahead. I figured you did.
2: (laughs) Free throws. They're hitting open threes. You don't get to the free throw line hitting open threes. So it's a nitpick. 45% from the three-point line. Uh, we talked about how they're not shooting it and they got to shoot it better and they're going to because they were 38% as a team so there it is PK the 45% game offset in one of those lousy three-point shooting games earlier the law of numbers holds true
3: yeah and the thing that I like too is that Denver didn't exactly shoot poorly from no, the three-point they line they didn't, didn't shoot as well but they probably weren't going to do that but it's not like they bottomed out so there really wasn't the law of numbers there either
2: three-point shooting. I think the big number that jumps off the stat sheet is that the Jazz only had six turnovers. That is a very low number. We spent plenty of time talking about had too many turnovers, too many possessions where they're coming up empty. Six turnovers, that is is spectacular. I mean, you could have double that. You'd be at 12 and nobody would be complaining. So six is an outstanding number. Yeah. Jazz get the win. We've got Joe Ingles coming up at 7.30. Joe likes the 9 o'clock hour. That seems to fit in his day. And it'll be 9.30 in Orlando, so... Fits perfect in his day. So Joel will be here in the next segment, and we got Craig Bollerjack coming up at eight thirty. So uh, plenty more in this game. Got questions up on our Facebook page, and we will get to all of that. Uh, will Barton has left the bubble. We spent a lot of time talking about the Jazz being short-handed first with Bogdanovich, then with Conley. Now Conley's coming back. Barton has left the bubble, so losing one of their better defensive players. Obviously, they don't have Harris either, and. If they only score 105 points, which is all they had in regulation in game one, and they get a 105 here, that, that doesn't seem like a winning number, PK. That seems like if that if that's going to be the Nuggets' number, the Jazz ought to win this series. Wow, you've turned it now, huh? Well, I don't know that they can keep the number at 105, so. Well, how about 104? <laughs> well, that would just have the odds of winning even more. You're toying with me. You're trying to toy with me.
3: Just
2: having fun. All right, tomorrow game three is two o'clock. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NBA. In any series, we're gonna we gonna go in. we're gonna believe that we can win. Certainly so feel if you don't believe it,
2: you're not supposed to be here. So you gotta believe it. Luka Doncic, if you don't believe it, you're not supposed to be here. I agree. Luka Doncic leading the Mavericks past the Clippers 127-114. There were a couple times in that game I thought, they're starting to pull away, and then the Clippers reeled them back in. But the Clippers could never get control of that game, and, and Dallas just kept sprinting away time after time. They answered every, every challenge and even that series at 1-1. Yeah,
3: loving the Cindy Lauper reference.
2: <laughs> you know, the team that had to be watching this, feeling pretty good about themselves is the Houston Rockets. The four seed is looking at the one, two, and three seed who have all lost. Top three seeds have a two and three record right now. And obviously plenty of time for them all to pull that out and, you know, pull it together and win the series.
3: Yeah, I really think seeds are irrelevant now, particularly in the West. I don't know as much about the East uh, that, that I do about the West. But, you know, there wasn't a big ton of difference between right now you can go one and six and in Dallas it's seven. They've got a couple of players in Portland at eight. That Well, that wasn't Portland for October through, uh, well, till they resumed March. in yeah. July. So I, I don't think the seeds matter. I mean, so I don't know that they're thinking anything along those lines because they could just as easily be 1-1 after today themselves. So I think the seeds are relevant because especially, obviously, with the no home court. No home court yeah. It's just all about winning 16 games.
2: Raptors beat the Nets 104.99. Celtics beat the Sixers 128-101, Tatum went for 33 in that one. Those two teams are both up 2-0, and I think uh, to your point about seeds, those are the two and the three seeds who are supposed to win in advance, but there's a big gap. I mean, you look at the standings, there's a big gap between 7 and 8 in the East, and obviously the Sixers, who are sixth, don't have Simmons, who obviously was a big part of their team, so... Big talent gaps there. I'd be surprised. I was surprised that 8-B one and we'll see if Orlando, ha- how game two goes today. Milwaukee and Orlando are playing at four, but there's just a big difference between those teams here in the first round, most of the Eastern series, I think, and not so much in the West.
3: Right. I think the East is going to probably play out much more predictably, and in the West, it's, it's, a, it's anybody's game. It's a free-for-all.
2: Heat and Pacers at 11, Thunder and Rockets at 130, Then the Magic and Bucks, and the Blazers and Lakers are in prime time, and all those games are on ESPN today. Uh, Rondo has been upgraded to questionable, and Trailblazers big man Zach Collins will miss at least a week—a stress reaction in his left ankle. I'm used to stress fracture, I'm not used to stress reaction. But.
3: Well, if it's ankle, it's a high ankle sprain. That's all I know. Just next weekend.
2: Stress reaction is the precursor to a stress fracture.
3: Yeah, everybody knows that. I mean, that's uh, how stupid are you?
2: Pretty stupid. I wasn't. I wasn't pre med on a Friday night at UC Santa Barbara. I should have been. I'd know a lot more.
3: There you go. You have a lot more stories to tell. That'd be more important.
2: Fact. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NFL.
1: Well, uh, obviously there's some point where that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, right now we, we want to try to, like I said, get everybody, give everybody an opportunity to work on it, get the basics. And, and we're really doing that at all the positions. I mean, everybody's rotating through and, you know, we're trying to give everybody an opportunity to, to run the, run the basic plays, get the basic fundamentals down. And yeah, of course at some point we'll have to not equalize the reps. I mean, that's, that's obvious, but yeah, we're not there now.
2: That's Bill Belichick on the timeline of picking a starting quarterback for New England. Probably would have happened by now because there would have been exhibition games by now and somebody would have to start. I guess he could have alternated the games or something, but he wants to keep it a secret, PK. When in doubt, coaches like the secrecy.
3: There's probably some form of secrecy in addition to some form of mystery because, as you said, there's no preseason and so what would have happened what would have been the reps uh division between these two guys stidham and uh and my man cam newton right so you can see where he's coming from i'm thinking i was thinking about this the other day with with the patriots you know i was reading some nfl stuff got the sports illustrated i'm wondering if, you know the brady obviously has been such a staple for so long I'm wondering if there was any feeling that maybe Bill Belichick could relate to a little bit with Jerry Sloan after the statues left. You know, what's going to happen and how are they going to go? And I wonder if, you know, is is there a sense of excitement? Bill Belichick doesn't really reveal reveal himself in any way. But I'm wondering if, uh, you know, he feels a, a greater sense of anticipation, which in turn makes the job a little bit more exciting for him in that way.
2: I believe the answer to that question is yes, and I believe Bill Belichick would listen to that question and would chuckle inside and would never, ever answer it. <laughs> but I think you're spot on. And I do remember walking in for a jazz practice early on, and, um, and it was before the first game. And I, there was a conversation going on, and it was pretty casual. You know, it's when they still had the bleachers. And so people were kind of hanging out, and it's not the way things are structured now. But yeah. there was clearly a conversation going on, and Jerry looked at me as I walked in. He says, what about you? And I was walking over to meet the photographer, and he walked backwards alongside me. And I remember thinking, what the heck's going on? I'm like, what about me what? <laughs> it didn't make any sense. He thought I'd heard the conversation as I walked in. He says, how many games do you think you're going to win? And it was a year where, uh, you know, somebody had written, you know, nine wins, worst team ever or whatever. And I was like, I don't know, maybe 25. And he looked at me and he uttered one word very quietly. And it took a long time to say it. It's four-letter word. It's the magic word. But it was like, uh, real quietly. And it was just like him internally assessing, like, no one believes in me. And that was what I heard. Well, I mean, I heard one word, but I think that's why he said it, kind of like, well, yeah, we're not, we don't want to stock them all We're not going to be that good, but we're not going to fall that far. And it was basically, as I thought about it, he was saying, do you know how many bad teams there are, how many bad players, how many disorganized coaching staffs there are? We're not falling that far. And he got them to you know ninth place and 40 wins, 40 and 42. So... Yeah, I think that those coaches do think that there's just a certain amount of. The system can't do everything, but the system can do something. It can put some okay players, the guys who have some talent, and put them in a place to win. You know, they're not going to. In the case of the Patriots, they're not going to turn the ball over. They're not going to have five turnovers in a game and just beat themselves. You know, it doesn't mean that he's going to get them, you know, 12 and four, but he's not thinking they're going, you know, four and 12 either.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the essence of coaching is to right. get whatever yes. talent you have and have that reflect in the number of wins that you get. Uh, Alex Smith... obviously did that.
2: Right, yes, exactly. I think you're spot on. Alex Smith said... Uh, the, I think he said what everybody's thinking. He said there's one more big hurdle uh, as he comes back from the, the 17 surgeries and the, the broken uh, leg with multiple bones broken. He said uh, he was asked about taking a hit, and he says, I've thought that more than I could probably say that's been in the back of my head throughout this entire process. I got to go out there and get hit I got to know that obviously my leg is strong enough to take it and the doctors think it is or they wouldn't have uh, cleared him but no leg is ever 100 percent guaranteed any leg anybody can break their leg at some point in the game so there is still that element out there for him to think about.
3: Yeah that's nothing different from any other player and no, obviously his was more severe than most injuries so it compounds it. But the feeling, the sentiment that he has is, that, is that's exactly what you would expect. And we've heard that over the years, depending on who it is, coming back from what. Again, his injury was very, very severe, obviously. And so that compounds it. But the sentiment is to be the same. And I need to correct you on one thing. Jerry was not 40 and 42. He was 42 and 40. Thank you.
2: I don't want to cheat him out of the two ends. Glad you were here. Uh, Chiefs starting quarterback, cornerback. Bashad Breland is going to miss four games after being suspended for a violation of the NFL's substance abuse policy. Uh, after quarterback, PK, which obviously you got to have a quarterback to win, uh, either you think, you think a dominant corner, you know, shut down one side of the field, all that kind of stuff, or a pass rusher, next most important thing. It seems like a pretty big piece of the puzzle to be down a cornerback. Uh, a I don't know their, their depth there, and maybe they can survive that, but uh, to lose one guy you know, when you got a chance to lose another guy from injury or whatever Seems like a problem. That's that's a position you got to be good at.
3: Oh uh, yeah, if I'm going to take dominance on the defensive side, I'm going to go somebody up front, and then work my way back. But yeah, obviously it's important too. DJ and PK.
0: #Hashtag College Football
3: I think it's a shame. Kids are getting their team, their schools deciding or their conferences deciding to shut down. And so they can't play. And a lot of them got a lot of money on the line for the next level, or they just want to play their last years. And so it's really unfortunate that the NCAA is not allowing them uh, to transfer and be eligible immediately. You know, we're being told that that wouldn't even go into a waiver process. So I feel really bad for those kids. It's not their fault. Well, why can't they come play somewhere? So that, that don't make any sense to me.
2: That's Lane Kiffin on athletes being able to transfer without penalty. All I heard there, PK, was, man, there's some guys at Oregon who would help me compete with Alabama.
3: Yeah, why can't they go somewhere? Okay, how about they go everywhere but Ole Miss and then see what Lane Kiffin thinks? That that just <laughs> I just wonder what his team is thinking hearing that like. Man,
2: Coach, you pushed me out the door in a heartbeat, man. Don't lecture me on loyalty.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, but see, I mean, you can't complain that you want money and you want this and that. And not be treated like a pro and get cut? yeah. Or at least you know, be uh, recruited over. I mean that that happens. That's that's the way of the world. That's why I hear about oh well, the coaches make millions. Yeah, well the owner of my company makes a hell of a lot more than I do. <laughs> and so that's the reality of the real world. So uh, I don't have any problem with that that aspect of it. If I have a player who, if I have a cornerback, and I have an opportunity to get better. Am I going to say no because I'm worried about Johnny's feelings? I mean, that's—it's about competition, man. I don't have any problem on that. Uh, it's interesting that uh, the—you know—the idea of uh, having these kids be immediately eligible under this once-in-a-hopefully-lifetime circumstance. Now, the grad students, Arizona, has been decimated. Two—two uh, two players, two of their better players on defense, and they already suck on defense. Yeah, uh, they're taking off, and. Uh, I, maybe that doesn't matter in terms of, well, if they don't play anyway. There's all sorts of stuff that would go into it if they actually resumed playing football. Uh, Tufele, the kid out of Bingham from uh, SC, has announced that he's going to forego his last year and get ready for the draft at this point because if you guys are farting around and saying there's no season and now we've got some Big Ten schools saying that uh, I saw this morning and when I was doing some show prep uh, That, uh, what, six schools, is it, in the Big 12 or Big 10? Yeah. Are are thinking about getting together and playing and all this stuff. So there's all sorts of chaos running around here. I I still, in my heart of hearts, maybe it's just, and probably it's just a fan of me, thinking that two things. They'll reverse uh, themselves? That they're going to try, and then I don't know that if we'll get an entire season. So those two things... I still feel like uh, are realistic possibilities. but maybe the first one is just wishful thinking, thinking, my gosh, are you kidding me? In September, October, November, on Saturdays I mean the momentum that we build up and we've been doing this for years in our show but fans can relate to this too the momentum of the week as it builds up to Saturday there's really nothing like it I suppose it's relative to the NFL but we don't have an NFL team maybe that's the case but there's so many games in the NFL and so many twists and turns or in colleges you know you're basically playing nine games that really really matter so that's not quite uh, less than half but Point being that you know it's 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 Monday we review Tuesday we review look ahead Wednesday then it's on you know what I mean. There's a rhythm to it. Saturday morning you wake up and it's just awesome. And to say we're not going to have that, it's, it's it's difficult to accept.
2: Uh, the other college football news the NCAA is going to consider a meeting uh, at a meeting tomorrow, a proposal that would freeze everyone's eligibility this season so they don't lose any eligibility for these fall sports athletes, regardless of how many games they play. Now, for the the sports, the teams that are suspended, and obviously, you know, we had Beth Lanier on last week, you know, soccer, the, women's volleyball. Right. So that makes sense because that's what they did for the spring. And for the leagues that aren't playing any games, I get that. But if the SEC plays a ten game schedule, none of those kids are gonna lose the year of eligibility. Neither would BYU. I gotta admit, I thought they were gonna pick I thought about this and I thought they'll probably pick some middle ground, right? Like seven or eight games or something becomes a season. It's kinda of like in baseball, right? It's an official game once you played the five innings. You know, at some point you make the leap. I gotta admit I'm surprised they're thinking about setting the number at zero.
3: Uh yeah. There's an informal I mean, it's not. Formal it's not yet, set Discussion's no. sake, right. and and then I wonder how many of those kids would want to come back anyway? Because particularly if you've redshirted, and and for BYU also too. I mean, you got kids, and but the marriages so you know in the culture with so young, and a lot of them have kids, and they may have graduated. They may have graduated two years earlier, depending on how their academic situation is. Do they really want to hang around and go through all that is required to go through? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. And obviously the pro guys, why would they want to stay around when they can go make no, money professionally? those guys, professionally?
2: right. The guys who are going to get drafted, they're going to go. But I wonder, you know, this isn't just an SEC thing. I mean, we see grad transfers everywhere. So if you're going to get another year of eligibility back, if you realize you're being recruited over or whatever, I mean, we've seen guys leave Utah and go to Utah State, right? So can Mountain West schools – pick up some guys who are getting buried on depth charts in the big 12 you know if because you we've talked before if you give everyone an extra year there's still only so many snaps there's only so many games and so many plays and you can be on the team but if you're gonna be standing on the sideline are you gonna be looking for somewhere else to go
3: yeah i think you're downgrading a little bit the mountain west there i don't know if you're buried on the depth chart i mean some of the guys that are going up to utah state from utah they weren't buried on the depth chart
2: Okay, CLC Mariner wasn't buried. He was in a rotation, but he had a chance to go up there and be the guy. So he yeah, went up the there point, and was the he guy. He was buried. All right. But with an extra year, I still think there'll be a squeeze, there'll be a numbers game, and there'll be a chance. And we're already seeing that coaches have to spend a lot of time scanning the transfer portal every day, finding out who's in it. It seems like this proposal would only accelerate that down the line. All right, DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag Major League Baseball. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos that will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I going to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck, for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that, uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. Jim Dale, will take you the rest of the way home.
2: Threaded broadcaster Tom Bredeman. Pre-game show, judging by the gra- graphics, it was in the pregame show, said an anti-gay slur, just part of a conversation apparently. It was quiet for a while, then he blurted out what he blurted out. And what you just heard there was him in the fifth inning apologizing and signing off, suspended in the middle of the game and even projecting forward about, you know, getting fired in the middle of the game. That was a that was a pretty unusual deal. I assume you saw a break on Twitter, PK, like I did. Out of the blue, without much explanation, there, but that was that was
3: quick. Well, as they say, the flight attendants when you're getting off the plane, oh, buh bye. Yeah. On the it, field. Oh, go ahead. And it was ironic. He 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 announced a home run. Yeah. That was hit into the. No judgment judgment zone. zone. Judgment was spelled wrong, but uh, nevertheless.
2: There's actually a uh, a banner or billboard or whatever out there, and the the ball went right to it. Yeah. On the field, uh, Padres beat the Rangers. Tenth inning, Grand Slam. Early in the game, Fernando Tatis kind of undercut his apology there, PK, hitting a home run and then doing the fake uh, crying tears at home plate. I mean, geez, if you're going to do that, just don't bother with the apology. What a waste of time. You can't then hit another homer and laugh at him. <laughs> it's like...
3: He's 21 years old. You're expecting him <laughs> to have rational judgment?
2: I mean, that one seems... That's a pretty low bar and to clear right there. He his
3: walk-up music to something along those lines of uh, crying or no crying or something. Whatever.
2: Tampa Bay winning the battle of the top teams in the East. They beat the Yankees 4-2. to And Boston's nine-game losing streak is over. The Red Sox beat the Phillies 6-3. I going to say it's going to be a long summer in Boston, but it's a 60-game season, so, you know, if you're rebuilding, eh, might as well have this summer be the bad one, right?
3: If that's the case, yeah.
2: What is Trending? It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. When we come back, the Joe Ingle Show. Joe, Joe joins us from the bubble in Orlando next. Stay with us. Let's
0: go! The Big Show.
2: I've driven through Declo with Scott Gerard. Declo has some stuff. It's got a school there. It's got a little uh, intersection. You do blank and you miss it. I stopped at a gas station near Declo. There was a woman behind the counter. I said, Do you know Scott Gerard? She said, No. So not everybody knows him. What? Are you just trying to put Scotty down? Why would you tell that story? No! At no point did I put Scotty down.
0: Uh Declo has some stuff. You do blank and you can kind of miss it. Not everybody knows him. I like that club, man. I like the people I've met there. I got nothing but good
1: things to say. Uh
0: The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is going to uh, join us momentarily here, PK. He's going to uh, give us a lowdown on... What happened? What turned things around in game two? I don't think either one of us was surprised that they won, but the way they won, late second, early third quarter, they just blew that thing wide open. Joe Ingles is
3: a big old badass. It's simple as
2: that. (laughs) And PK says that because we were just told Joe's on hold (laughs) waiting, and he can hear it.
0: This is the Joe Ingalls Show <coughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
2: Joe Ingalls joins us now on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Joe, Good morning. Good morning. Is it a better morning after a big win or is that stuff really you put it to bed when you go to bed and it no longer impacts you one way or another?
4: I mean, it makes it a bit easier to go to bed. Um, But yeah, by the time you kind of get up this morning, it's, um, you kind of flick the switch and it's gone to the next one. So, um, obviously, we were happy with a lot more things kind of last night than we were in the first game. But, yeah, you, obviously being in a series, is, there's always things you can adjust. Obviously, they'll, they'll make some adjustments. We'll look at some stuff, and I'm sure there's, there's stuff that we can obviously still do better. And um, Yeah, going to the, the next one, ready to play again. I
3: don't know how much you're paying attention to the West, but it's been crazy, and it's only been one or two games. You think there's a general feeling among all the guys, no matter what team you are in, down there in Orlando, that at this point, it's just anybody's game?
4: yeah i mean i don't I have no idea what's going through other players or teams' heads or anything, but um I think we came in here and like I've always said we we came in and, and used those eight games and um obviously we lost some we won some we, we played well in some we we played bad in some um but we wanted to be ready for for the playoffs and um I think in game one we we did a lot of good things um as well and went to overtime. I um, obviously lost it in you know, overtime and um, went and watched the film and, and made some adjustments. And I think um, oh, we watched a bit of the, the Dallas game last night. Like you, I think if you come in with the, the right mindset and, and obviously I don't know how much that kind of crowd and, and home and away plays into it, but um, yeah, it's just everyone's just playing, playing hard and, and obviously some some really good games. So it's um, working out perfectly for the NBA. <laughs>
2: It looked like it worked out perfectly for you guys. That Donovan going for fifty-seven, they had to do something different. They're probably going to double him, blitz him. I think is the you know lingo you guys use. And it looked like you guys were completely prepared for that. Is that the kind of thing that you spend a big chunk of practice time on, or is that the kind of thing that you spent so much practice time on over however long you've been with the club? And you know, in you your case, all the way back to Quinn's first year, but. You know, for somebody else, maybe it's a year and a half. But you've drilled it so much that Quinn basically just says it, and you know what to do.
4: Yeah, it's. I mean, we we talked about obviously it's it's going to be the same going into Game Three. Like, what what are they going to do to to adjust? Obviously, Donovan in, in both games has been incredibly efficient, um, but but also been really good moving the ball. Um, so obviously they'll they'll make adjustments and and. You, you can prepare. We can go out there and prepare for whatever we want, um, but you still got to be able to. Like, like we don't know what they're doing, so they might come out and blitz. They might do something different with me. They they started um, blitzing Donovan pretty much from the start, um, as your basketball lingo would say. Um, <laughs> and Donovan's the, the the good thing about Donovan is he's. I mean, in his three years, he's probably seen nearly every coverage you can pro- probably uh, throw at him, and. Um even early on, I thought he was like I guess making I, I said it to him at a timeout like you you're just making it too hard on yourself like you're you're dribbling into the double team and you're trying to cry, not make a hero play, but he was just trying to get I was like, dude, once you've got the double team, it's on the on the backside it's two on one or three on two or whatever it is so um i mean he he made the right play all, all night, and uh, I mean it's just another a level of his game that that has showed and um his his passing um and then obviously when he found the time to be aggressive he was uh, incredibly efficient but but aggressive at the same time and then I mean Royce's defense on Jamal Murray was 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 unreal and I I probably let him get going a little bit in the last game and and Royce saved me um Rudy rolling to the rim Jawan starting the game I think he get the first three yesterday um they were daring him to shoot us, standing in the thing, and he he splashes the first one. So I think overall, everyone just being locked into to what we had to do, and um, obviously we're we're happy with the win. But we, we know that they're going to make adjustments, and 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 we will too. So game three will be be another fun one.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, man. And From my perspective, you know, I've watching basketball for so long, I'm just looking for fun games, so competition. Long. You're so old. I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, well, I'm certainly older than you. You wouldn't know it by the hairlines, but nevertheless.
4: You uh, can tell by all the wrinkles.
3: Shots fired. Incoming. It's <laughs> just wisdom, Joe. Wisdom, my man. <laughs>
4: Hard earned,
2: but wisdom nonetheless.
3: <laughs> I mean, I have, I've had a lot of fun watching these games. I mean, even in defeat on the, the other day, that was an incredible game. Do you have fun in that moment? Are you allowing yourself to have fun?
4: I mean, I, I, the reason I play, I've always. I mean, we've talked about it before. I've always been very realistic with, like, what basketball's given me and and, and my family and stuff like that. And when I started playing as a five-year-old, like, I started playing because I really enjoyed it. And um, I think for me, and it, and it's not like this for everybody, but but when I'm smiling and and having fun out there, it's it's when I play my best basketball. So if I'm kind of, whatever, overthinking the, the game plan or, like, not pretending to be too locked in, but when you get so locked in and you're, like, um, it, it kind of consumes your, your whole day and morning. And um, oh, I've just never been a guy that can can do that. I just need to kind of take the morning at ease and I don't really think about it or talk about it. And um, obviously, unless we have a shoot-around a walkthrough, but when I'm not at the gym and I'm at home and, and all that, I just... Um, Honestly, try not to think about it at all. And then once obviously get to the arena and you, you watch film and, and do all that pre- preparing for the game is, is when you kind of start to, to get ready. And yeah, everyone's different. I mean, Donovan watches more film than I've seen anyone in my life watch. <laughs> um, and it's, it's the way he likes to learn. Um, so we, we'll watch team film and everyone obviously does that. But he'll watch game after game. He, he's probably watched every Denver game this year twice over already Um, and that's the way he likes to learn and and watch from it I'm different I'll watch my clips from a previous game or or certain clips from a a game that's in the regular season or whatever it is but um, yeah I've always I've always liked um, that kind of just free like freeing my mind and just just going out and playing and and obviously I know what I'm doing in terms of the the scouting report and stuff like that but just just having fun with it and I mean that, that overtime game that double overtime game the thing was fun Um, you get to execute down the stretch. It's what we play for. Obviously, some people probably think it's a little bit more pressure or anything like that, but, but I mean, yeah, um, I'm lucky to be in this situation and and play the game I love. And, kind of, obviously, I I do take it serious at the same time, though.
2: I thought you had a couple opportunities to uh, say something, crack on people during the game, but you were opening up a big lead. Did you kind of – Get a little quieter and let sleeping dogs lie, all that kind of stuff? Because there were a couple of times they thought, Oh, they're gonna cut and Joe's gonna be chirping and up no, you're just walking off the court.
4: With our team or with their team?
2: Uh, you were crossing the way it well, you were crossing paths, so you could have spoken to anybody. But you were just kind of you know, just <laughs> I was probably too tired. <laughs> no, really.
4: No, I think um I think we we and I mean you don't I don't want to give away all that so but you, you I mean you never especially in a series it's you you never wanna kind of over celebrate or, or over i mean like Jamal barra was yelling in the first game yelling at the bench and like screaming to for me not to defend him and stuff like that it's like we we don't i mean we we've never really been like that we obviously enjoy it we we have a lot of fun out there as a group, but um in the heat of the moment, you obviously I mean, I i talk the whole game regardless, but when you're up, well, I don't know what we were up at that point, 20, 25, I think we'd obviously blown the lead out. You, you want to, you, you really want to lock into your game plan and, and not really give them a, I think for us in that kind of last quarter, obviously, not that we knew we'd won the game, but we'd put ourselves in a, in a good position to win the game. And you, you don't want to give them any, any life at that point. You don't want them to, to run some things that, that gets them going a little bit or Jamal, Obviously, didn't play as well as the first game, comes out and hits a couple of threes and gets him going a little bit. And um, uh, I think we were so locked into to the game plan and what we had to do that um, nobody was really thinking about anything else except, <laughs> except what we had to do on, on defense and, and obviously what we were running offensively. And um, I think they, they changed their lineup. At, they don't normally start their starters at the start of the fourth, but they obviously... They did yesterday and, and obviously try to have kind of one more crack at, at getting, to the, getting into the lead and then kind of see what happens, but we were able to sustain that. And then um, obviously the last three or four or five minutes, whatever, we, we emptied the bench and got our young guys out there. So it was a, it, it was a good game for, for us, but obviously um, we, we still feel like there's going to be a lot we can improve on. You
3: guys feed off Rudy when he shows that emotion like he was doing?
4: Yeah, I mean, when Rudy's playing like that, it's he's he's tough to to to, the, to score on, and he's tough to defend on offense. He um, protecting the rim. It's obviously what we expect, and um, no, I think the the impressive. I mean, obviously, Jokic is is a hell of a player too, and and that battle between them is um, yeah, is kind of cool to sit back and watch sometimes, but. Um, and the amount that they go to Jokic, like he's going to score the boards. It's, it's inevitable that he's going to he's going to put it in a few times. But just for, for Rudy to to stay composed and and not get kind of flustered or mad when he when he does score, we, we've obviously got a game plan. We we can we can do a few different things with him. And um, yeah, Rudy was just kind of I guess it's no surprise to me because it's what I expect him to do. Um, but even on offense, running the floor and. They were playing, Jokic was playing a bit higher on, he was obviously kind of blitzing on and he was playing a lot higher on me than he has in, in the first game and the, the seedings game. And for us to be able to hit him on that half roll and, and him finish and make plays off of that is, um, is what we need him to do. And obviously we gotta, we've got to pass the ball and, and trust that he's going to make that play. I think he made a left-hand wraparound pass one time, which kind of scared me a little bit. But <laughs> apart from that, he was he, he was really solid on both ends.
2: So, is it surprising to you when he blocks, not just Jokic's shot, but he blocks it straight down into the paint? It looked like he spiked it in a a volleyball. But I'm thinking, well, maybe you've seen that 20 times in practice.
4: Yeah, uh, I think they were, um, Donovan or Royce or one of them was showing me a picture after the game where they were all like, it was right after Rudy had blocked his shot and they were all like flexing and screaming. like They were obviously pretty emotional, like happy, emotional about it. And I was in the background just walking normally. Um, And they were saying that they need to edit me out the photo and then it would actually be a really cool photo. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just what I expect him to do. Like, I don't – he doesn't – I have seen it a lot of times, obviously. I've seen it in in games. I've seen it at practice. Um, I've seen it um, tons of times. But, yeah, I mean, I expect him to do that. It's He's – the best defender in the league, if not one of the top two or whatever they, whatever they kind of in that conversation every he's going to be in that conversation every year, I believe. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, not that I, not that I'm putting pressure on him, to do it, but it's just what I expect him to do. It's what he, it's what he does. It's what he's really good at. So when he does, it annoys me more and gets me more emotional when he doesn't do it. Cause I know he can do it. So when, when he's locked in, like he, like he has been this this series, but especially yesterday, um, it just makes us such a better team.
3: Whether it's uh, body language, leadership, scoring, passing, it seems to me Mitchell has elevated his game since you guys have been in Orlando. Would you agree with that?
4: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I would, for once. Agreeing with you, I mean. How does it feel to be right? (laughs) No, yeah, he he, he really has. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, we nitpick at it like a third-year player that's obviously done a hell of a lot. than any of us have done in our in our lifetimes in this three years of his playing is um, he, he just? I mean, it was. I, I said the same thing. I mean, I don't, we're not word for word, but like well, from his first game until six months in, like the the reads on his passing and stuff like that. And, uh, I remember early on, people were saying like well, he can score the ball, but he can't really pass, or he, and he's not defending as well. And and I mean, there's I don't know what you could say about him now. Like he he defends, he he's he put a lot of time and effort into that, and and wants to be a really good defender, which is um, rare in this league just to to want to do it. Um, obviously, there's. He a lot more limelight and credit for for scoring the ball and playing offense, but, but he doesn't. He, he wants to win, and and a part of that is we need him and 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 Rudy. Um, and obviously, Rudy's Rudy's done it for a long time, but we, we need to play defense. It's it's the the safest and and easiest way to to help win a game. And um, his defense has been unreal. Uh, obviously, scoring the ball and and like I said, incredibly efficiently too. I think he's. He's really starting to learn and understand when he can be aggressive, when to 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 shoot, when to pass. His his passing is um, I don't know what he had yesterday assist wise or anything like that. But he he, he gets the he gets the ball, and makes the, the right play, and and that's like I mean same as Rudy. But that's what what I, I mean. I don't know what anyone else thinks in that team, but I expect him to do that. Like it's I expect him to make the right play, and if he doesn't make the right play, I'm going to tell him, mm-hmm. and and he knows that and. Um he he'd even said a couple of times like he, he was trying to get deeper in the pick and roll so that he could draw the baseline guy who was kind of Jamal or, or Porter or whoever it was a lot of the time and jump up and kick it out to the thing and then it's two on one with like me and Royce or someone on that on the backside and um yeah, I mean it's I mean maybe it's not fair by me but, but I expect those two guys to do that, so um I'm glad they're doing it. <laughs>
2: So TNT ran a little audio clip, you know, guys mic'd up and all that, and we could hear Donovan sticking three-pointers in guys' faces and then telling them, it's nothing personal. <laughs> is he is he going to end up being a better talker than you too, Joe? Because that's a thing you've got on everybody. You can talk.
4: I Honestly, I could not care less. <laughs> um, but I'm never going to ever, and you can quote me on it now, I will never, ever be mic'd up, so... You'll never get to hear what I really, really say during the game anyway. But um, no, it's just not. I I, yeah, I mean, I'm happy he does it. It's good for the NBA. It's cool for, I mean, it's cool for, for even for players. I think yesterday we were watching and it had, I think Tatum was, was mic'd up with Boston yesterday or the game before and it had high, like it's, it, it's cool to see guys' personalities from other teams. Obviously, I, I know our guys, but. Just to see how other guys act with their teammates and interact, and I mean, you never know when they throw a mic on how how real it all is. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty cool thing that they can do that, and obviously, awesome that Donovan lets them because I wouldn't do it. But um, yeah, I mean, Donovan can have what he wants. What am I going to do? to <laughs> <laughs> tell him not to do it. Like, <laughs>
3: expecting Conley back for game three.
4: Um, I mean he's here somewhere. I was actually just looking out my window then, and I was like, "Cause there's obviously there's i mean there's rooms and hotels and buildings everywhere, and I know he's in here somewhere, but I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where he is um Donovan saw him yesterday, I think so I might go visit him through his window or something from whatever the correct distance is um but i mean yeah i don't I honestly don't know what the exact procedure is with. Like with negative tests and time here, I think it, I think it's four days or whatever it is, but uh, or three days. Or four, I actually don't even know. You probably know better than I do. And a certain amount of negative tests you've got to have and stuff like that. So um, if he passes all that stuff and whatever, and, and he's is back, then awesome. If he doesn't, we'll we'll hold it down and, until he is back.
2: Well, congrats on the win, Joe. It's uh, it's one-one, and you got everybody intrigued right now.
4: That's exactly what we were trying to do. There you go. Intrigue people.
2: <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, and we will uh, talk to you again next week.
4: No worries at will Appreciate it, guys.
2: Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz get the win, but uh, Joe's moved on. Got to put it behind you, PK. It's always on to the next thing.
3: Well, yeah, it's 1-1. I mean, it's not like they've got home court. It 1-1, it, it, in a sense means even less when there's no home court. You're not coming home for two ball games, so there's no reason to think you've done anything except win a single game. I mean that 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 just adds it's a new form of intrigue that we have in this situation.
2: There's a traditional playoff cliche that may be going out the window partly because of what you just said. Although maybe it'll hold true too. We will get to that next and try to figure that out on 975 and 1280
0: the zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. My uh, son's got a friend who is going out of town, and she asked him to cat-sit for her. And so we have a cat coming over to our house. I think Scotty's going to be Dr. Evil here in about a day's time. Petting didn't be like, I love you, Mr. Bigglesworth. What was the name of your cat that you had for a while? I don't want to talk about him because I had him only for a short time. And and you, you tweeted out a picture of how proud you were, and you got mocked. I did everything I could to, to save that little cat. He had some mental issues. I had to get him on Pro's Cat.
2: Boo. <laughs> uh, really? Like, We're going to just worst let th- that go? That be the worst, <laughs> worst joke you ever go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hanson and Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Syringa Network's home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, the Jazz blowing out the Nuggets in Game 2. And, PK, there is an old playoff cliche. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row. And usually when it happens, there's a major talent difference, especially in a first-round series. You can see that in you know, the Probably not this year, but in other years. Well, maybe we'll see it with the two and three seeds, just a big talent difference. And so they just work the six and seven seeds. And also, usually you have home court advantage. So even if a team is outmatched, they can, you know, they can suck it up and have one big game and maybe lose the series in five anyway, but never lose three in a row. But now with no home court and no travel, you know, is this still going to hold true or not? How much of it is relying on all the emotion of coming home when you're down 2 0 and snapping that streak, even though you don't really get back in the series all that much. And how much of it is uh, it just the players, you know, you get embarrassed and humiliated and you come back, right? The Nuggets can play better than that. The Jazz may win the series, but they shouldn't win the series just beating the Nuggets down game after game the way they did in this one. So I think that's kind of what you were getting to an hour ago when I was talking about it. You're like, ah, oh, you're feeling it now, huh? Like the Jazz are going to rip off four in a row. And that is uh, kind of the question you posted here. That's what you're getting at. What is your level of confidence now after the butt whipping? I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be better. I mean, when you watch a team win that comfortably and that easily, you got to draw some level of confidence from it. But I'm still thinking there's a decent chance this series is going to be tied two-two. You, me, you, your <laughs> level of confidence after the arse whipping.
3: Well. I... I've sent my advanced scouts to watch Portland and the Lakers. <laughs> Are we going to ignore the R-swipping comment? <laughs> He's just going to look like that. Well, that's DJ in his image, so we've we got to protect that puppy at all times. Fact. It's, it's a cash cow for all of us, so what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I can't just beat him down on everything.
2: Right, cowboy! <laughs> Pull this wagon!
3: I was talking to a famous attorney in town, and he was telling me he's done some work with DJ, and he likes making fun of him. So uh, I said, yeah, I've been doing it for almost 20 years. It works.
2: Yeah, all right.
3: <laughs> you, you know the guy. Uh, I'm sure I do. <laughs> and so uh, as far as this going forward, uh, I think it's, th- it's throughout the West. This is awesome. With this, that We can have
2: a lot of series at 2-2.
3: Yes, it's anybody's game right now. One eight is beaten. One two is beaten. Se- or seven is beaten. Two six is beaten. Three. I mean, come on. If you're into a competitive basketball, what more do you want? Now, I think you know you can't have this every year because it would completely and totally water down a regular season in which the regular season for some teams with the load management and whatnot doesn't mean much. Locke is always talking about how Mike Trout should bat every inning well, my gosh, I pay 120 bucks, and Kawhi Leonard ain't playing. Hmm. So uh, and that, there's, there's downsides to every sport. Uh, so you certainly wouldn't want this all the time by any stretch. But this is what we have now, and let's make the best of it. And the, one of the aspects of being the best of it is that, Try to pick a winner in any of these series. I'm not sure you can do it with any degree of uh, certainty in terms of putting money down, and I wouldn't put a penny down on any of this stuff. Not that I would anyway, but I certainly wouldn't under these circumstances because everything in the West is anybody's ballgame. When we come
2: back, your reaction to Game 2, the Jazz winning big. But does that mean anything at all for Game 3 or Denver just turns around? Or the Jazz have figured it out and now they got it going. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.